The Film Guide with Sam and Chris, part of the St Albans podcast with Danny Smith. Hello and welcome to the St Albans Film Guide with me, local film fan Chris Aikman, and your guide this week is Dr Samantha Rolfe, PhD in Cinema Studies and Cinematography and the History of Cinema and all that sort of stuff. Please stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, I misread. Oh, Doctor of, of Planetary Science. Is that correct? That is correct, yes. Okay. I okay. do not wish to pretend to have any studious links to film or television. Sure. You, you, you're just, a, you're just a, a big film fan, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, it's something to do, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, um, let's begin. We're going to, on this week's uh, film, we're going we're gonna to combine the new to cinema and new to streaming into one part, because this, there's not a huge amount that's new to the cinema uh, this week. Uh, but also later on, we, we each week we realise that we, we discuss these films that are in new to cinema and we keep saying, oh, I'd like to see that, I'd like to see that. And then we never actually really get around to discussing them on the pod. So we're going to do a bit of a half-yearly roundup of the films we've seen uh, at the cinema and some on Beyond Demand that we've seen and give our little mini reviews. And then, of course, in the last part, uh, we're going to go through Sam's films on free-to-air television for the forthcoming week. But first of all, new to cinema, what do we have, Sam? Well, as of today, 24th of June 2022, you can go into a cinema and watch a movie about Elvis Presley. The movie itself is just called Elvis. Oh, okay. But there's not, I don't know if you're going to necessarily, you know, mix him up with former Leicester City striker Elvis Hammond, for instance. Although maybe like Elvis Costello, he's pretty famous. Yeah, yeah. Well, this anyway. is, yeah, the icon of the 1950s and 60s. Rock and roll legend Elvis Presley. This is a Baz Luhrmann epic. He seems to do these not half-hearted from the trailer. It appears it will be all the ups and downs, all the glitz and the the glam uh, that comes along with being, you know, a massive star. So we've got Austin Butler as Elvis, and uh, not yeah. a name that I'm familiar with, but who am I familiar with? <laughs> This is very true. Care to enlighten us, Chris, or uh, is this a is this a? I don't, I don't really know much about Austin Butler myself. Only what I'm desperately trying to find out on Wikipedia. Uh, he was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He's been in um, you know th- th- some things on TV and things like that. So he's been acting for a while, but this is sort of I think his first big main lead role. Okay, okay, and I mean obviously you know the. The movie's only out today, so we've not had a chance to see it yet. From the trailer, his impression of it, of Elvis appears to be pretty decent. I don't know whether he's got any prosthetic in, in order to sort of get him to look a little more like the king himself. There was some early reviews of this because I think it um, showed at the Cannes Film Festival uh, earlier this year, and he was getting very good reviews for his portrayal. Fantastic. Well, and alongside him, we've got Tom Hanks, who, you know, Hollywood sweetheart, who's portraying the the person who sort of discovered Elvis and then went on to represent him and was his agent, I guess. Um, yes, Colonel Tom Parker. There we are. So that's uh, if you're if you're a fan of Elvis or not. You just want to know a bit more about his story. I don't know, you know, how much of the facts are being stuck to, but this seems like it'll be quite the film. Indeed. Uh, so that's the only thing on in sort of only major release in cinemas uh, this week. So what is on streaming? Over on Mubi, 
there was a movie that has had quite a few good reviews called True Things. This is a Ruth Wilson in the lead role. I think her name is Kate. I, I don't know why. I should. I watched the trailer. <laughs> I should have written it down. Um, Maybe. It, it, it's a, it essentially follows a, a young woman living on the fringes of society who becomes intoxicated by a stranger who overwhelms her quiet life. Um, so sort of in the trailer, she seems to work in maybe like insurance or something where she has a cubicle in an office amongst many other cubicles and perhaps isn't really sure what she's doing with her life. So not unlike the worst person <laughs> in the world, it sounds like. Yes, um, very true. However... Yeah, she's kind of swept up by a character who played by Tom Burke and sort of ends up doing lots of different things that she perhaps otherwise wouldn't have done based on on encountering him uh, in in her role of, as a clerk of some kind. So, yeah, looked kind of interesting. Saw lots of good reviews for Ruth Wilson's portrayal of this character, so could yes, be Ruth Wilson one. She, you know, people will recognize her from His Dark Materials on the BBC, Marissa Coulter, uh, the Affair, she was on that, uh, Luther, antagonist on Luther for a long time. So very recognisable actor. I don't think I've ever seen a bad performance from her. Yeah, I mean, uh, there was a lot of reviews saying, you know, that people would watch anything she's in and she's done it again mm. sort of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. Uh, what else, if people don't have movie, what else can people watch? Well, if you still have Netflix, then you can find an action film called The Man from Toronto. This is a case of mistaken identity which arises after a screw-up sales consultant and the world's deadliest assassin, known only as the man from Toronto, run into each other at a holiday rental. And hilarity ensues. I watched the trailer for this quite recently. Did you watch the trailer for this? I have seen the trailer for this, yes. That's the sort of deep dive research and preparation we go to on this podcast. I mean, I don't, I don't people, know what more we can do. <laughs> I don't. I don't think people really appreciate how much effort we go to on these uh, to prepare for these. But it's it's yes, Kevin Hart gets mistaken for being an assassin and has to sort of pretend to be an assassin, mm. essentially. Yes, he's, um, in the trailer seems like he's essentially forced into torturing a person. In order to cover for the fact that they should, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think, I think, judging from the film, it sort of depends how much you're going to enjoy it. Depends on how much you can stand Kevin Hart doing his Kevin Hart thing. I've only ever really seen him in the Jumanji movies, and he, he I think he's fine in that, but that's because he's sort of like he's one of four people, so he's a bit sort of diluted in a way. Yeah, sure. I mean, he's mistaken for Woody Harrelson who is the actual man from Toronto. And so when you see them next to each other, like clearly Kevin Hart cannot be this person. And so, yeah, it's much hilarity ensues, I guess. I don't, I, I'm not sure how serious it's meant to be, but I don't think it's supposed to be too serious. Well, it is a comedy, isn't it? Or, or in theory. Okay, yeah. I. We, it's not we, my kind of thing, I don't think. We may find out one of these days. Uh, so that's The Man from Toronto on Netflix, starring Woody Harrison and Kevin Hart. And we've got another one coming out on Tuesday, the 28th of June, on Netflix. That's right. So this is a Norwegian movie and a sci-fi comedy, which is inspired by real-life UFO phenomena, I should say. about sure. Which, yeah, it's seems kind of fun when a former childhood friend crashes sebastian's bachelor party and makes it all about himself you know that person you've yep. got them in your life oh yeah all of my friends yeah just them 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 isn't it yep all terrible people 
Only an alien invasion can make them put aside their bad blood and reunite as the kick-ass laser tag duo they once were. Did Fun. You, did you see this at all? I saw the trailer I, for it, and it I looks, also saw the trailer for this. Yeah, it looks. It does look quite fun. So I'd rather watch this than the man from Toronto, personally. But well, especially as we've been recently getting into Norwegian cinema in a big That's way. Right. So yeah, so blasted on Tuesday, the twenty-eighth of June. And so that's it uh, for the big main releases on the streaming services. And don't forget Elvis in uh, cinema. And in the next part, we're going to do just a quick half-year film roundup. We're we're six months into the year. Might as well go through what we've seen in the cinemas and give our little summations and reviews. Sam, you and I have seen some movies in the cinema this year, and we want to talk about them. Because we keep saying that, you know, oh, this sounds interesting when we talk about it at the beginning of the pod, and then never actually go back to them. So, starting with potential film of the year contender, um, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> a film you didn't see, but I no. did. Yeah. So you you can't even possibly comment. It's Jackass Forever. No, I can't comment. Why, why didn't you want to see this, Sam? I... I've never understood Jackass. I hate, I just, I really hate pranks. Like, I hate the idea of being on the receiving end of one. I hate the idea of setting one up and being the person who pranks someone. It's too much anxiety and, and no, it's no, no. So, and just hurt, like, you, why you're hurting yourself? I, it's not that fun. I don't get it. I don't get it. Well, as a person that never thought they would get it, but turns out I do. Yeah, it's very funny. It, it's it's the passing of the torch from the the older Jackass crew, like Johnny Knoxville, Wee Man, Chris Pontius, etc., to a, a younger group with wonderful names like uh, Poopsy, Poopies, Poopies. That's his name. Sorry, Poopies. Sorry, forgive me, Poopies. Oh, um, <laughs> and yeah, it's just it's really stupid but fun so that's my review of jackass Row. we'll move on to another film you've yet you've not seen either Look, it doesn't only matter. me it doesn't matter it's fine <clears throat> the batman i mean everyone has seen this movie chris if you've seen a batman movie you've seen this no not true okay it's only mostly true <laughs> now, this is matt reeves take on the batman with robert patterson as bruce wayne slash the batman who is matt reeves He's like, a film director. He directed okay. the Batman, Sam. Keep up. Okay, so uh, this is a, a sort of earlier on in Batman's career. Bruce Wayne has only been doing it for a couple of years. He's pretty new at this. There's a lot more, as well, detective work in this one. He's actually tracking down the Riddler. And he's doing some actual... Sorry, Riddler. He's not the Riddler. Riddler. And he's he does some actual detective work rather than... Because Batman's meant to be, like, in the comics, the world's greatest detective. And yet, in none of the actual films, does he barely does any actually detective work. But well, he does a lot more in this one. Wasn't it? Wasn't it when his the character of the Batman was introduced? It wasn't it in either the comic or his character was originally called the world's greatest detective or something like that. I don't know. Maybe. Oh, I'm pretty sure. Well, it, obviously, DC is Detective Comics as well. Mm. That's um, what the DC stands for. So, but it, it's. I, it was an in, yes, interesting film. Um, I really enjoyed it. It looks very good, and for a film that is mm, sort of eighty percent, you know, set at night, it did what a lot of films don't manage to do, and it managed to make the darkness look good. And I could follow what was happening, 
and it used the darkness to his. Obviously, it's Batman. He skulks around in the dark. It looked good. I could see what was happening. It was shot properly in the darkness. There are plenty of films you see um, where they have scenes set at night or something, and you have absolutely no idea what's happening because they haven't lit it properly or whatever. But it was it was very good at all of its nighttime scenes. I mean, I know I sounded very old just then. Films these days <laughs> don't shoot things at night properly, and I, no, with my uh, old eyes, cannot see them. No, I think. You're entirely correct. I mean, what was the movie? We watched it with Danny. Without remorse. It was about, yeah, yeah. I, I have remorse from watching it. but It had a scene, I know what you mean. It had a scene set at night in a dark house and some people broke into this house and someone got shot in the scene. I didn't know who was shot. I didn't know what was happening. It was just so poorly done. Whereas Batman, well done for them actually shooting it properly. We later saw a trailer for Without Remorse and some of the scenes that were very dark in the movie had been lightened for the trailer. And you think, well, if you're lightening it yeah. for the trailer, do you not think you might have wanted to do that in the movie? Yes, but anyway, exactly. Let's move I was on. very confused. Let's move on. Moving on to a third film you've yet to see. So I feel like I'm monologuing. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Sam Raimi's entry into the MCU, the second Doctor Strange movie, although he's been in plenty of others since. I don't think it's going to rank particularly high on the MCU movie scale. It's not a bad film by any means. I enjoyed it overall, and there were some bits I really enjoyed particularly, where I think it was allowed to get a bit freaky and play around with things a bit more. So, yeah, certainly not a bad film, but I'm one of these Marvel simps that will just go see them you know, all the time <laughs> when they come out. Well, I mean, the one thing I can say about this, because obviously, like I say, I, I haven't seen it yet, is that I was listening to another podcast who also talk about movies, and they mentioned, obviously, this is multiverse. And of of course, like Loki, um, the TV show, also does a bit of multiverse, you know, yep. just, a, just a little bit um, of, of multiverse stuff. And they said that, yeah, kind of like what you just said, like that, you enjoyed it. It might not be the best one, but like they said that Loki does the multiverse better. They could have really leaned into the multiverse thing more. They have flashes what, the thing of that's the in mul- the title. No, exactly. Really, really, the film is only set in three universes, one of which is the main universe, right. uh, 616. And 616. you see, fl- that, that's the des- designation of it. That's. Ah. But. There, there were flashes of other things. You saw sort of brief glimpses of other multiverse uh, things, but they really could have played with it more. That was a bit disappointing. Okay. Well, I'll still watch it at some point. Uh, yeah. No. Like I said, not a bad film. But anyway, very something different. Something very different next, and something you have seen. That's right. And can comment on with your first-hand knowledge. Well, shall I? Shall I talk a little bit about oh, it? Go for it. Go yeah? for it. I'll yeah. uh, cut you off your monologuing. So this is the Lost City. And it's uh, starring Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum. And they are working together as a kind of, she's an author and he's the model whom they use on the front cover of her novels, well, she, right? She, she's, a, she's a sort of steamy romance novelist. Yes. Yeah. And obviously he, you know, has muscles. And so he sort of characterizes himself as the main character of her novels and they do kind of like book tours where people go to ask her questions about the books but mainly i guess to see 
him <laughs> as well because you know he's sort of the embodiment of the character and all isn't as it seems because she just sort of fell into this romance novel writing uh, whereas she actually was working with her husband yes previously on sort of an archaeological dig that he was working on and she knows a lot about sort of ancient languages and scripts and symbols and all these sorts of things and they are working together to try and find this lost city of the title of the movie and because of all her knowledge she ends up being kidnapped by a devious i guess billionaire played by daniel radcliffe it is yeah it's quite sort of tongue-in-cheek and at first she's like oh this is a joke you know but then he's like no i seriously want you to help me find this lost city and they end up going on this huge adventure and Channing Tatum's character whom I've forgotten the name of has to sort of you know put his muscles where his mouth is and ends up trying to help save her yeah I mean that's that is that is the plot and it's I I thought you know it's not you know a groundbreaking movie but it's it's good fun it's a good way to spend a couple of hours yeah I really enjoyed it. it was yeah just a bit of a laugh and lots of kind of action and silly silliness where you don't necessarily you know they sort of play on all the tropes and all that sort of stuff as well so a very good um brad pitt cameo in it as well he's very funny yeah absolutely so yeah if you if you've got you know if you've got a couple hours and not not sure what to pick and you see this one come up on streaming at some point then yeah i'd certainly recommend it indeed so next up we've got a possible, I mean, I don't mean to spoil our end of year awards, but this is a potential contender for film of the year for me. And it is, of course, The Daniels Everything Everywhere All at Once, starring uh, Michelle Yeoh. And this is this is a movie that does multiverse well. It does multiverse right, exactly. Michelle Yeoh is, is Evelyn. She's a, a Chinese immigrant to the US uh, who runs a laundrette with her husband but they're having problems with their taxes and they're having to go to the irs but while they're there she gets contacted by another version of her husband from a different universe saying that she's basically the one and she has to you know there's this great evil coming across the multiverses destroying the multiverses and she's the only one that can stop it and it's it's very funny it's incredibly inventive it's it's cheeky it's 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 weird but it has a point to the weirdness it's not it's not a film that's just weird for being weird's sake it's it's just funny and yeah like i say inventive and charming and very sad in places as well very touching you didn't yeah. think that two 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 rocks could make you feel such feelings <laughs> yeah what is but a, essentially a stationary silent scene is just fantastic yeah we won't go into it too much, obviously. No, no, no. I don't want to spoil it. It, it. The less you know about it, I think, um, going into it, the better. And it's not going to be for everyone, but I thoroughly enjoyed it as a film. And yeah. I look forward to seeing it again. I think it was refreshing mm. uh, in terms of what is in the cinema. You know, obviously it is like multiverse and like so many, well, essentially sort of Marvel have done a lot of multiverse stuff. And I think whether it's because of Marvel or whether it's, just sort of something that's in people's minds at the moment but yeah i think we're seeing quite a lot of different multiverse based media and yeah this one really really took that and ran with it and it was really really fun well following on from everything everywhere all at once is another movie with another quite long 
bit complicated title. It's The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, starring the legendary Nicolas Cage as Nick Cage. So he's playing essentially a fictionalized version of himself, a man who, I mean, Nicolas Cage has in real life uh, had quite a few issues with money. Uh, one of the theories of, you know, that why he does the the volume of movies he does is to pay off a lot of tax debt that he has. But I believe he actually paid that off quite some while ago. So he actually just makes a lot of movies because he just really likes making a lot of weird movies. But he's playing this version of himself. He's not had many job offers, but then he gets an offer of a million dollars to go spend a weekend at a Spanish millionaire's birthday and be his guest of honour. He's a big Nick Cage fan, played by Pedro Pascal. He's called Javi. But while he's there, he's told by the CIA, who are tracking Javi, that uh, Javi is a a big-time gangster, and they need Nick Cage to go in there and basically spy on him and go undercover. Yeah, so he he's sort of having to play, but in real life, the characters yeah. that he plays on screen, right? Yes. So obviously he doesn't actually have any of the, well, obviously he's learned like stage fighting and stuff, but he's not a fighter. He's nope. not, he's not a trained marksman. He's not a spy. He's not, does, you know, that's not his actual job, but so he yeah. has to kind of those like skills as it were that he's learned through acting, but in real life and then use his acting skills to kind of figure out bits and pieces and, and take the information back to the CIA. I, I wonder. I wonder how much one might enjoy this film depends on how much you in, like you appreciate Nicolas Cage as an actor. Because personally, I, I know a lot of people, you know, think he can be he's very hammy and whatnot. But I think he's, I think he's an interesting actor who tries to be distinctive and sort of do different things. And in some cases, it may seem. <laughs> It, it, I think he does things that a lot of most other actors wouldn't do, and then that makes it seem weird. Yeah, but I, yeah, so I personally appreciate Nicolas Cage. It's still a fun action movie, but with the spice of Nicolas Cage added, right? So yeah, you could enjoy it as a standalone action movie if you can. If you didn't necessarily like Nicolas Cage or you weren't that familiar with his work, you could still, I think, enjoy it as a movie. Okay, moving on to the next film. So this is one that, yeah, I haven't seen, but you went to see, Chris. This is the movie that no one asked for 35 years later, Top Gun Maverick. No one asked for it, but boy, did they need it. Did they? Yeah. I'm sceptical. Yeah, it's great. It's, no, like, certainly on a technical level as well, they, they did put actors in jet fighter planes and they put cameras in there and so a lot of the stuff when you see them actually in a in a plane that's them in some fighter jets and the in the sort of aerial stuff is truly exceptional and only a couple of times really do you think oh actually they that's cgi or anything but most of the time it's just damn good aerial stunt work so purely on a technical level it's an incredibly impressive achievement but also it you know 
character-wise, like like you say, it's not a film that was Top Gun's not crying out for a sequel, especially not one sort of thirty-five years later. But they make it work in sort of character-wise. The character of Maverick, played by Tom Cruise, is sort of he seems thirty-five years older, and and his actions from the first film and his personality and sort of character have led him to where he is now. And it's it's sort of it's interesting. It's not just it doesn't pick straight up. He's not the same cocky brash sort of brat that he was in the first one he's a lot older and a lot wiser and it's uh you know whatever you think of tom cruise he he is very consistent with these sort of big budget especially the mission impossible films big budget sort of action movies but he's not like there's a lot of supporting characters that give him time to shine except for okay the one thing i can't forgive the movie about okay here we go i, I this remember is what i've been waiting for i remember when we talked about this when it was coming out on the podcast, I said, you know, starring Tom Cruise, Jennifer Connelly, Val Kilmer, and The Good Place's manager Sinto. Yes. Uh, AKA the prettiest person there ever was. And I thought, great, I'm looking forward to seeing Manny. He's brilliant in The Good Place. He's He deserves to have a, a very sort of big stellar career in front of him. Yeah, not only is he the prettiest person that's ever lived, he is very funny. And you know what? He's got no lines. He's in the background of a couple of shots. What are you doing? Why? He's one of the, he's one of the many trainee pilots that Tom Cruise is is teaching. And in the credits has a call sign, so you know, like Maverick and Goose and Iceman and sure all these uh, names. So at some point in the script, my guess is he had some lines, but cut him. He's just he's just in the background of a couple of things. It's that like, is what's, disappointing. You lost me there. Why hire Manny Sinto when you're not going to let him just manage Jacinto? That is a really great question, and I'm sorry that that happened. Yeah, well, it's still a great movie, but it could have been even greater. Well, maybe in 35 years' time, we'll, <laughs> we'll get the, we'll the Manny Jacinto <laughs> story. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, and then finally, the final film we have to talk about. Uh, which is not one that we saw at the cinemas. We saw it on digital quite recently, but it's only just come out in the UK, available for digital release. Uh, it's simply called X. Now, it's a horror movie set in the 1970s. Yay, horror. And it's set in Texas, and it's about a group of people who are setting out to make a pornographic movie. Scandalous. And, and they hire, or they, they rent out a shack on a farm from a creepy old creepy old guy, and they're going to make this pornographic movie in this shack, and, you know, the guy that's sort of producing it is is determined it's going to, you know, change the world. they got a young director who's trying to make art as well as pornography, and yeah, stuff goes wrong uh, when you've got creepy old guys and creepy old ladies on this farm sneaking around i thought it was very good i enjoyed it a lot yeah i thought that it was good too that they did the i think i thought they did everything pretty well like it wasn't it was quite bloody but it wasn't gore porn unlike the actual (laughs) content of the movie yes so and yeah and like yes there are sex scenes they are filming a pornographic film but they're not like overly yeah pornographic you know it's not a porn movie obviously but they use it to the effect of it becoming a horror movie down the line and i don't know it kind of has like cabin in the woods vibes in the way that sort of the characters are picked off and you're not really sure like what's going on in terms of the villains and things i thought it was good because it it gave the villains a bit of sort of backstory and empathy not empathy necessarily i don't know if that's the right word but you sort of see it kind of from their point of view a little bit more yeah 
absolutely. They're not just they're not just these villains. You don't understand why they're doing stuff. You sort of get a taste of why they're doing things, and you actually you you see the villains being quite sort of sweet to one another, and get a bit of their history. And yeah. you don't always get that with horror movies. No, of often it's just a hack and slash evil person and no actual real reason why but yes this provides certainly a interesting take (laughs) but yeah where where did we where did we watch this which streaming service can you remember oh we we rented it off rakuten ah we rented it okay okay yes i forget that renting is a thing (laughs) (laughs) it is because yeah you just sort of you pay your subscription and then you got the content but yes i think worth the few quid that we uh rented it for for sure if you're a horror fan you may enjoy this yeah certainly uh an interesting interesting concept and not filmed in texas at all filmed in new zealand filmed in new zealand exactly uh, you can't tell it looks like texas yep That's uh, pretty impressive also i should say it isn't just a horror movie it is quite funny i i found myself laughing throughout i enjoyed yeah it was certainly a, a black comedy yes i wouldn't call it a comedy horror in the same way that other you know Tucker and Dale versus Evil or whatever, where it's meant to be out and out comedy in some yeah. cases. Yeah, it certainly had a few few laughs in there as well. So Yeah, definitely. So that is our half year film roundup, can you believe? Well, I'm looking forward to our uh, our full yearly roundup uh, right just before Christmas, like we did last year, where we get um Danny and Howard and Max involved. Absolutely. To go through our uh, nominations for Best Actor, Best Actress, Best Picture. And biggest surprise, which was uh, one we had last year for, which can be a good thing or a bad thing. But yes, please do listen out for that later in the year. Hi, I'm Matt Adams, the heart of the Hearts Advertiser for over 10 years. Join me and host Danny Smith for St Albans Podcast, a weekly look at the news, views and reviews of the city and district of St Albans. As well as our delve into the local stories that matter, we regularly cover topics including health, food and drink, legal matters, the theatre scene and mental health. Alongside our regular features, we talk to people from our wonderful community, sharing some of the amazing work they do. Episodes are released every Wednesday at 7pm and you can find us by going to your podcast platform of choice and searching for the St Albans Podcast. Find out more at stalbanspodcast.com. The final part of the podcast is always films on free-to-air television for the forthcoming week. So, uh, starting on Saturday, the 25th of June, we've got two films, Sam. Uh, what are they? Well, I'll, I'll go back to my usual complaint, Chris, and say that they're slim pickings on TV <laughs> this week in terms of movies that I personally would pick to watch. So, sure. if you want to watch every Western that's ever been made, then, you know, turn on the TV at any time of day and there'll be one on. <laughs> Um, so yeah, no movies for Friday. Um, uh, so straight on to Saturday, as you say, and at nine PM on the Horror Channel. I feel like I didn't. There wasn't much Horror Channel um, going on there the last few times I've done this. So yeah, nice to be back on the Horror Channel. And this is one we've talked about because wait, we watched this for. We've talked about this one on the pod, haven't we? I think so. We have talked about it on the pod. I believe yes. we have. Did we? specifically do it for my friday fright night i don't i don't think we did because we watched it for halloween last year ah so maybe we maybe we picked I think, up but i think some... we just spoke about it yeah sure uh so you know dive into the back catalog for all the uh, interesting uh, and exciting things that we say about it um let's say what it's called it's called it <laughs> follows <laughs> 
Yes, always good to get the title of the film in there. Yes, uh, it follows about a, a ghostly creature that well follows people, but it's passed on through sexual intercourse, mm. and so it's following a person at walking pace. It, that's what the clever conceit of the movie is. I think is that it's a threat that's always coming at walking pace, and only the person infected with it can see it, and it can take the form of any human being. Yeah, I mean, it's humanoid. Like, sometimes it's not even really a sort of a, a caricature of a human in a way, but yes. But it, it's because of that, but because of that, you're always constantly checking the, the background, scanning the horizons of any scene and of, for just anyone walking sort of towards them. And sometimes you're like, well, that's definitely a thing. And the other times you're just like, where is it? What's happening? Is it following them? Is it not? Yeah, it's it's very, very clever in that respect. Yeah, just a fun way. I say fun, you know, because <laughs> I'm, uh, dead sick. In, I'm dead inside. Yeah, uh, a fun way to make everyone feel scared. If if you're sort of new to horror and you want to watch more, I would certainly suggest this as a as a good starting point. Indeed. But if you don't want to watch this, which is at 9pm on the Horror Channel, what can you watch on Saturday evening? If you wait a few more hours until 11.30pm on Film 4, uh, there is Attack the Block from 2011. And this is quite a fun uh, alien invasion movie where, well, aliens end up attacking a sort of tower block, a flat block in London. The residents have to take up arms as it were and and protect their their home from the aliens while no one you know people don't believe obviously what's going on and it's pretty comedic and yeah just a lot of fun isn't it yeah it's got Jodie Whittaker uh, Doctor Who herself and John Boyega in there uh, so it's a really good cast and yeah good good fun good fun thrills moving on to Sunday the 26th of June at 2.55pm on BBC One, we have the Pixar classic, Monsters, Inc. That's right, one for the family. A bit of family fun on Sunday afternoon. What is it to say? I'm sure most people listening will have seen this before, but if you haven't, it's uh, Pixar. So, you know, you're going to have your lols and your, and your tears. <laughs> and um, in between, just a, a nice, fun story. Uh, and so this one revolves around Mike and Sully, who are scarers, or they're a team of scarers. Where uh, Mike is sort of Sully's handler. No, I don't. I don't know how his job description. <laughs> what's his job description? I I don't know. It's been a while since I've seen this. I don't know what the if they particularly describe it. Sure, but. he kind of scouts out. He scouts out I, ideal scared scared children that may um scream when they see a scary monster and they're trying to the screams of children power you know they're the energy that powers uh, the city that they live in and so they have to collect screams and so this whole factory revolves around them having magical doors that they can open into children's closets or into children's bedrooms from the closet and sort of scare them in in new and creative ways in order to collect screams. So, and then of course drama has to happen. So <gasps> drama, drama. We have a child from the human world escape through the door into the monster world, and they learn about each other, and it's a wonderful thing. <laughs> 
There you go. What a beautiful roundup for that movie. Uh, so that's on Sunday, 26th of June at 2.55 on BBC One. On Monday, 27th of June, we've got two films as well. One, an absolute stone-cold classic. Yes, that's right. This is the beginning of the Mega Shark franchise. Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus from 2009. And yeah, it's what well, you know, it's ridiculous. It's in the title. <laughs> <laughs> it's two giant creatures fighting each other. And I'm assuming the Mega Shark wins because he goes on to fight a bunch of other stuff uh, in future. So you know what? I just, I just don't know. Or maybe the giant octopus is still out there, just hanging about. Quite possibly. Yeah, there's, you know, fights. He fights a Mecha Shark at some point, or Mecha Shark versus giant octopus. I don't know. But if you're stuck for something to do <laughs> at 1 p.m. on a Monday and you've not seen this franchise and you want to start from the start, here's your opportunity. Beautiful. And what is on that evening? So again, this one's quite a late one, 11.35pm on film four. Uh, we have Mother, Mother, exclamation mark, from 2017 starring Jennifer Lawrence. And it's all a bit of an odd movie. I saw this in the cinemas and I haven't seen it since, but I do remember enjoying it, but it was strange. So <laughs> if you yes. want to just go on a bit of a weird trip, then I'd recommend this. You know, Jennifer Lawrence is pretty pretty decent in everything I've seen her in, so could recommend it just based on that. Wonderful. So that's Mother on at 11.35pm on Film 4. On Tuesday, 28th of June at 9pm on Film 4, we have a Deadpool. Yeah, so rightly rated 18 because of how much violence there is, um, <laughs> despite it being a comic book movie although you know i suppose the violence is reasonably comic booky um in that respect as well but yeah ryan reynolds doing what turns out to be ryan reynolds and yeah this 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 movie this character really sort of set him on his on his ways didn't it so i don't want to you know stop you too much but i have to correct you it's actually rated 15 it's rated 15 yes oh no <laughs> It's because it's comic book violence. Oh, but it's so violent. Okay. Yeah. Calm down, Mary Whitehouse. I know. Uh, when I learned about her at school, I was like, oh, this lady does not know what she's on about. And, now and then you get to a certain age and you're like, Deadpool is a 15? They're letting teenagers see that? Hmm. <laughs> yep. Um... <laughs> Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I don't know what else to say. Let's move on. Well, that's fine. It's very violent. Uh, also talking very violent, Wednesday, 29th of June, we have on 9pm on Great Movies Action, Drive. Yeah, that's right. Another Ryan. Ryan yep. Gosling. <laughs> Good work, yeah. <laughs> he is a stunt driver by day and then he uses his skill behind the wheel to perform getaway driving jobs at night or maybe just at the weekends and yeah he obviously you know he's in with the criminals doing criminally things and so bad stuff happens <laughs> and <laughs> the soundtrack is fantastic yes and uh they've they've even got they do I'm going to assume elsewhere as well, but in London, there are performances of sort of 
orchestra piece shows where they do the soundtracks from movies and drive is one of these experiences that you can do and i've not been myself but i've heard good things from someone who has wonderful and then on thursday sam you're going to go through these quite quickly because thursday 30th of june you have picked five movies yeah like i said at the top look that there was not like that was a pretty decent haul of movies now that we've been through them all and chit chat for probably too long about them all. But yeah, I just I saw this jam packed day of movies and this is five of uh sort of the top five that are on, on Thursday thirtieth. So again, if you've got now else to do, there's loads of movies on, including The Full Monty, Casablanca, The Day After Tomorrow, Paranormal Activity, and Hellraiser. So I like how um, Paranormal Activity and Casablanca are uh, together there in the same breadth. Yeah, <laughs> who would have thought? <laughs> Both classics, Stone Cold. Absolutely. So that is your pick of films on free-to-air television. If you will miss any of those, one, you can just rewind and listen to them again. But we will also be posting this on the blog, so you can see them when they are on and what channels. Uh, we will be back again in... Oh, two weeks' time. I believe uh, so. I will be hosting, and we'll be talking about the most expensive Indian movie ever made, RRR, available on Netflix. But if you, in the meantime, will want to get in contact with either Sam or myself, uh, you can contact Sam at sam at com, or me on chris at com. And next week, we're going to have uh, Howard Linsky and Danny Smith uh, back on the pod together. Then the week after that, you got myself and Sam back again. So we look forward to seeing you there. Thanks for listening. Take care. I wouldn't call it a horridy comma. It-